It's my pleasure to introduce our beautiful, gorgeous pastor <laughs> to speak this morning. So I'm just going to pray over her. We've already prayed. And so, Lord, we just thank you f- uh, for the power of God, the anointing of God that rests on Julie already. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will increase that and just cover her like oil flowing from the top of her head down to her toes. Just cover her absolutely. So she brings your word with power, with authority, with confidence. And your word will set the prisoners free and set our hearts free. And Lord, as we leave this place, we will be different people. People who have been in the presence of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So yes, Lord, we thank you for the anointing that is on Jesus. So please welcome Julie. Yay! (laughs) Thank you, Florence. That's a lovely welcome. So... I thought today, because I talk a lot about faith, and I thought I'd talk today about how do we actually grow our faith, because I'm sure I'm not the only person who sometimes thinks, oh God, I need more faith. I don't want this, this seed of doubt. So I thought I would talk about that, because we can get really enthusiastic, can't we, to do things for God when we're in the building or when we're together with Christians. And as soon as we step outside, we think, ooh, maybe, maybe I can't do, I can't do that. We really focus on inadequacies rather than the possibility of what God can do through us. We may feel too timid, maybe worrying about what would happen if we pray for someone and nothing happens. But 2 Timothy says, for the spirit, of, spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We may think that we don't know the word enough, but actually I have seen so many new Christians who come and the fire of God, sorry, the fire of God just touches them, and the faith that they have enables them to go out, preach the word, even though they haven't learnt the Bible, they pray for people, and people are healed. So it doesn't matter if you don't know the Bible inside out. We may condemn ourselves because we feel we don't spend enough time with the Lord. But I think the biggest thing that we can disqualify ourselves with is thinking we're unworthy. How many of you have ever had that little horrible thought come into your mind? I know I have. But of course, none of us are actually worthy in our own right. We can't work to be righteous. We can quote every verse in the Bible. We can volunteer every hour we have. We can give away every penny we own. But it's only by the love of God and his faithful faithful sacrifice of Jesus that makes us worthy. By our faith in Jesus, we are made righteous and holy in God's sight. And as we sang this morning, we are new creations away with... I'm tongue-tied, sorry. Away with the old self and in with the new. We are totally new creations full of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus taking our sins upon him. He basically claimed responsibility for every wrongdoing that you've ever committed and ever will commit. So there's no condemnation. Again, what we spoke about this morning. But there's also 
a misconception that focusing on our unworthiness is the same as being humble. But it's not. It's very different. It's a lie of the enemy to think unworthiness and humility are the same thing. What that does is actually create a barrier. It stops us believing that we can carry out the works of God. It stops us receiving the fullness of Christ. I looked up the the dictionary meaning of the two words. Humility says having a modest view of one's importance. But unworthiness is not deserving, not acceptable, especially from someone with a good reputation or high position. So can you see the difference? We are worthy because unworthiness says we're not acceptable. But Jesus says we are. We are acceptable. So the difference is understanding that we are worthy through the Lord and can do the works of the Lord for the Lord and then walk in humility knowing it was the Lord. I hope that makes sense. It's quite a mouthful. Walking in the authority of Jesus and knowing it's Christ in us and working through us and not taking the glory but giving him all the glory is humility. And we can all do that. We can all walk in his power. Now, I'm not sure if you noticed, but all of those things that I mentioned to disqualify ourselves are all in the mind. They're all something that comes into our mind and tells us, you can't, you shouldn't, no way. But there's a verse in Colossians um, 1. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. There are lots of other verses, obviously. Um, But it's quite a mouthful. But basically what it's saying is it's the enemy in your mind. Okay. Now, I've mentioned many ways that we can disqualify ourselves. But the very thing that we might think might disqualify us could be the very thing that actually qualifies us. For instance, if we know our weaknesses, we know we're actually not sure about ourselves, we know we can't heal anybody... That could be the very reason why Jesus would choose you to go out and do that. Because you're not going to take the glory. Because you know 100% that's not you. And then you can walk in that humility and you can say, Oh, thank you, God. Because I know that wasn't me. So the very thing we disqualify ourselves for, saying, well, I can't do that. Jesus can use you in that because he knows that you know that it's him. We are called to walk in faith, believing in the yet unseen, knowing that all things are possible for those who believe in Christ. Romans 4 says, the God who gives you life, sorry, the God who gives life to the deaf calls into being what yet does not exist. And Jesus said in Mark 16, so go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And it's funny how much this verse is coming up recently. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Not might, but will. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, 
it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. We've heard another testimony again this morning. What Jesus says is true. It doesn't matter what we feel about ourselves. It doesn't matter if we think, well, he's not going to hear me. He's just told you. You are qualified to do those things. You are qualified. The moment you accepted the Lord into your life, you are qualified to walk in the power of the Lord. You are called, you are qualified to walk because he is now in you. You are a new creation. So back to the question, how can we build our faith? Well, Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. So don't conform to the pattern of the world. In other words, not living by worldly standards. Not believing in just what you see around you. But constantly reminding ourselves and basically renewing our minds. Training our minds to understand we are heirs of much more than what we see here in the natural. Remember, remember the story of Elisha in Two Kings? He, he, sorry, he and his servant were surrounded by an army. And his servant got really quite scared. And he said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Elisha prayed for his eyes to be opened. And when he looked, he could see a hillside full of chariots and horses of fire. There is so much more around us. There may be angels in this building. There's definitely Holy Spirit. John 16, Jesus said, ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So if you want to ask for spiritual eyes to be opened, then do. If you want more faith, ask. If you want a special gift, do it. But when you get it, fan it into flame. Don't hold it to yourself. Go and pray for someone. I remember once I heard this. I have no idea where I heard this from. Holy Spirit lights the fire, but it's up to the priests to keep it burning. When you have what you've asked for, use it. It's like the old saying, use it or lose it. If God gives you that gift that you've been praying for that you want, go out and pray for someone. Because actually when you do and you see an answer to prayer, that's going to feed your faith even more. And we can feed our faith lots of ways. We can read the Bible. We can pray. We can sing his praises. Worship songs are full of the word of God. We can give our testimonies. God loves to bless us. But he loves us to have that faith to ask him. Now it says there's a conflicting thing that says don't test the Lord your God. But we've just read Renew your mind and be transformed. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and perfect will for you, for me. There's a difference between, well, we'll test you on this one. And there's a difference from saying, okay, this is what your word says, Lord. Okay, there you go. I'm, I'm doing that at the moment because there's something I need. And I'm saying, okay, Lord, your word says this. So actually, you say... Test and approve what your will is. 
Your word says that your will for me is to prosper me and not to harm me. So actually, I am now testing that. And that's not a bad thing. That's saying, God, that's what you told me. That's your promise to me. So I am claiming that and I am going to stand on that until you do that. Because that's what your promise is. So he will provide our needs. Now, it's very easy to say, okay, he provides our needs. And then someone will go, well, I'd like an upgrade of my telly. I'm not going to tell you to go and pray for a new telly unless you need one. But God does know what we need. And these are just a couple of the things that I thought I'd remind myself of while I was doing this. A long time ago, I actually had a little old fridge, the broken freezer door in it, all the, the sealant had gone around it. And I said, Lord, you say you give our needs. So actually, if you think my fridge is a need, then please provide me with a need. So I went to a, sh- a store in Slough and I saw a particular fridge it was 99 pounds, 99 pence. And I thought, there you go, Lord, that's all I need. You know, if you think that's my need, you provide it. Within a week, someone came up to me in church and said to me, Julie, how do you spell your surname? And I said, why? And then I saw a check. He was, he was trying to write me a check, and I said, I don't need any money. And he said, no, I've been told to give you a certain amount. And I said, but I don't need it. And he said, no, what you're doing now is wrong. He said, because I've been told to give you this. And he said, if, you, if I can't give it to you, you don't get blessed and I don't get blessed. So I said, well, I don't need it. I'm really sorry, but I don't need it. And I went home and I said, I'm not wrong, am I, Lord? And the Lord showed me the picture of the fridge. And I went, oh, I'd forgotten about that. And I thought, well, pride kicks in there, doesn't it? And I said, well, I'm not going back and saying I want it. But thankfully, that was a wonderful man, and he put cash through my door, and I got it. Another time, our printer broke, and we need a printer. We needed a printer for work, for studies, we needed one. But again, we didn't have much cash. So we went to Curry's, and we thought, do you know what, Lord, we're just going to have to see what we can get. So we're looking around all these printers, and we're thinking, okay, it's a little bit expensive. But we thought, well, we're going to have to do it. And one of the employees there came up and he said, we're giving away scratch cards today for curries because you can win an electrical item. Would you like to scratch it off? And I said, okay, fine. So I said, well, you know, you can do it. You scratch it off. So he said, okay, I'll scratch it off for you. He scratched it off. He said, oh, you've won a printer. (laughs) I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. So we, we went in and we came out with a printer. We didn't pay a thing. Another time we were abroad and... Our kids went to a private school and we were running quite short of money because they were very expensive. And they only went there because they didn't speak the language very well. And I thought, Lord, what am I going to do? I need you to intervene here. You wanted us here. I need you to intervene. I need you to provide. I got a phone call within a day, probably less. I'm, I'm not sure. It was within 48 hours. She rang me and she said, I've just been for a job interview at an international school. She said, I can't do the job that they're asking me to do, but I know you can because I know what you did. She said, so I've told them you're going to ring them. So I rang them, I got the job, I got a wage, and one of my kids went for 10% of the, way, of the cost. God will provide what we need. We don't have to worry. He will provide In Mark 11, Jesus said, 
I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, it's interesting he says, say to the mountain, not pray, say. Your words have much more power than you realize. God spoke everything into creation by his word. Now, there's a story in eight in Luke 8.23, where Jesus said to his disciples, you know, let's go to the other side of the lake. He gets into the boat. He falls asleep. Storm comes up. The, 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 sorry, the disciples are really kind of panicking and thinking, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? They'd seen miracles just happen. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Jesus, wake up. Are we going to drown? Don't you care? Jesus spoke to the storm. He rebuked it. He spoke to the storm to be quiet, be still, it was. But then he turned around and he said, where's your faith? they just seen miracles. Even I get that one. They're in a boat with Jesus. You know, is it really going to sink? I don't think so. But it's the same with us because actually who lives in us? The Lord lives in us. So when we think, oh Lord, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Nothing is going to happen. He is with you in your boat. He is with you in your storm. You have the authority to to tell the storm to be still. Or that disease to take a hike. What he was saying is, I've given you the authority. Speak it out. Use it. In my experience, the greatest way to restore, build, set on fire our faith is to rest with him. When we sit, when we stop, and when we say, okay, I'm here, I'm here, and we stop panicking, and we stop trying to fix it all ourselves. But actually we stop and we spend time in his presence. He does come. Can I just ask how many of you ever stopped and waited instead of thinking, well, God never comes to me. God never talks to me. How many of you have ever stopped and just waited and said, okay, Lord, I'm here. Sometimes that's difficult because we have busy lives. We have jobs and, you know, you're thinking I've got to cook the dinner in a minute, you know. There's so much going on. But how many of us can stop? And you might need to read a verse of the Bible. You might need to put a worship song on. But how many of you have ever stopped? And you've waited on God. And you've prayed. But he hasn't come. Most of the time, it's up to us to stop. God is with us. When I was thinking about this, I thought about my daughter. When she was little, I used to sit on her bed and I used to read her Bible stories and I used to watch her face. She was so peaceful. She was so content. She felt she looked so safe. You know, that's what God wants with us. He wants us to stop and listen to him. He wants us to hear those stories. He wants to hear his voice. He wants us to just say, 
I'm here, Lord. I'm here. The more we stop, the more we sit in his presence, the more he will manifest. We receive by faith. I'll say that again. We receive by faith. And this is something I've experienced as well. I've sat down many times in the past and I've said, Lord, why can't I feel you? Why can't I see you? Why, why is nothing happening, Lord? What's going on? And then that thought came. You receive by faith. And I thought, okay. Okay. And it took a while. And I thought, okay, let's get that in my spirit. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Lord, that you are here. And I started declaring it. Instead of saying, where are you? I can't see you. I can't hear you. Why aren't you doing anything? Instead, I stopped and I said, okay, by faith. Thank you, Lord. You are here. Thank you, Lord. This is what your word says. Thank you, Lord. You said you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. You will never leave me alone. Thank you, Lord, that you said you will prosper me. You will not harm me. Thank you, Lord, that your Bible says, your word says that by your stripes I am healed. Thank you, Lord, that you're with me. Do you know what? He came straight away. And I thought, oh, my gosh, all this time I've been faffing around trying to find where you are. And he was here all the time. Because he says, by faith you will receive. By faith we will see. By faith we breathe. We can't see the air. But sometimes we can feel it. Jesus said, the wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. We are born of the Spirit. We don't have to worry about the where's or the how's or the ifs. We receive by faith. There is no if. Jesus is with you. He is in you. His Holy Spirit is here with us now. Can't feel it? Doesn't matter. It's there. He's there. Just like the air. Looks like I've printed something out twice. It reminds me of the story of what we heard recently, David Wagner. He prayed. Someone, I think it was someone prophesied over him. I'm not sure if God told him himself or someone prophesied over him that he would raise the dead. He prayed for 200 dead people and saw nothing. If he had stopped at 199 because nothing happened, he would never have seen his first person raised from the dead. But he didn't stop because it wasn't about if his prayer would be answer, answered. It was about when. He didn't feel anything. He used to sneak in to the mortuary and pray, get up. Spirit, come back into that body. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. For 200 bodies. He even got thrown out. And then he went to lots of funerals or vice versa, the funerals and the mortuary. He got thrown out. And he still kept going back because he said, no, this is my promise. I will stand on this promise. That's faith. And what happened? When a, when a child was brought to him and placed in front of him, in front of thousands of people, and it was dead. And the mother said, if your God is real, raise my child. And he said, oh God, I've prayed for 200 people and they've not been raised. 
And God said, that was practice. This is the real thing. And he prayed and that child lived. That's faith. He understood our faith is based on Jesus. It isn't based on just our answers to prayer. Ecclesiastes talks about patience being better than pride. He had patience because he believed in what had been said. I wonder what would happen if from the very first one, if it was raised up. Would there have been pride? I don't know. What happens with us? Do we give up the first time or do we keep going and say, no, you said that, so I'm going to try it until it happens because that's what your promise says. That's what your word says. That's faith. You see, the Lord loves us so much, he sent his only son so that we can be reconciled. We can be called children who are worthy of an inheritance from our father. That is so important. As children, you get an inheritance. I get an inheritance. We can walk in the power and authority of God. We can pray for the sick. We can raise the dead. I've not done it yet, but I'm sure that if it ever was needed in front of me, God would would use me for that, and he will use you. He wants to partner with us. He wants us to believe in him. Can you imagine buying your child or your nephew or your niece a beautiful present because you love them so much and then them saying, I'm not worthy. I can't take that. No, no, no. I've been a bad person. No, no, no. How would you feel? We'd feel heartbroken that they feel that way. That's what the Lord is like with us. He's saying, this is my gift to you. There are gifts of the Spirit, gifts of faith, gifts of believing. You can pray for sickness and they'll be gone. You can tell people that I love them. That's a gift. All of those things are a gift and God wants you to receive them this morning. He wants us to partner with him. So, I want to pray for us this morning. Because if you feel that you want more faith, then I'd like you to stand up and I want to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for me too. Because I want more faith. I want the kind of faith that sends me into the streets to pray for someone when they're limping or something. And say, do you know what? God loves you. He can heal that. I want that kind of faith. So I'm going to pray for me too. But if you want that kind of faith, I'd like you to take a... Stand up and let's pray together. Lord, we just love you. We believe your word. But Father, we ask for more faith. I pray in the name of Jesus that you remove any seed of doubt that is planted in our hearts or in our minds. Because you did not give us that seed. You said we are worthy to be called sons and daughters of the Most High. You said... Father, that we can go into the world, we can preach the gospel and we will see salvations. We can lay hands on the sick and see them healed. You said we can lay hands and we can, we can see the dead raised. We can see lepers cleansed. Father, you say that we will see the, the sick healed. You say it. 
So we are claiming it in the name of Jesus. And I'm saying, I pray an anointing of faith on on everyone in this building this morning, Lord. We want more of you. We want to go deeper. We want to have a deeper passion. We want your fire in us. We want to see revival in our neighborhoods. We want to see revival in our streets, not just on a Sunday morning. We want to see more healings, Lord. Father, you've started something here, but you, you don't stop until you finish. So, Father, I pray more healings. We pray salvations. Father, we just want more of you. We need more of you. Father, we need you. We need you. Father, we want more. You say receive by faith. We know you are here. We know you are our God. You know, we know that you have given us the gifts of the Spirit, and we claim them this morning. Father, we want to walk out here different from when, what we came in. Father, I pray that everybody who walks out of this building will have a new sense of who you are to them. Not to everybody else. I don't want anybody walking out of this building, Lord, thinking, well, that wasn't for me. This is for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, bless everybody here, Father. I pray a fresh anointing of your spirit on every single person here. A fresh anointing of your faith. Father, lift us up on wings like eagles in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As we wait on you. As we wait on you. Fill us, Father afraid. Thank you, Lord, for what you've already started, for what you've already done. But we want more. We're ready to go deeper. More, Lord Jesus. More, Lord Jesus. More, Lord Jesus. More, Lord Jesus. Father, we just pray you'll continue touch on everyone this morning and throughout the week. Father, I just pray that you use everybody in this building to declare your word, to experience what you have promised, Lord, and testimonies will be told next week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.